turn your attention to the word of the Lord, Acts chapter 15 and verse 28. I'm going to read to you one verse in your hearing. And some of you think because it's only one verse, it's going to be a short sermon. You haven't met this preacher. <clears throat> I see fans waving. Is it hot in here? Yes, it is, they said. No hesitation. All right. I'm doing the best I can right now. All right. Let's see what that does. Acts 15 and 28. It reads as follows. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. I want to take my thought today from that phrase. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and us. Woo! The Holy Ghost and us. I want to preach to you today, us and the Holy Ghost. Anybody still believe in the Holy Ghost? You may be seated in Jesus' name. Us and the Holy Ghost. Church, if, as if I could get any crazier or wilder in the pulpit, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is about to light me up. I want a fit in the Holy Ghost. And I don't mean out of control that I don't know what's going on. I just mean I want to set this pastor aside, set my flesh aside, and get in the Holy Ghost so that he can move when we come together. How about we let carnality slip away and let the Holy Ghost move in our midst? I read it today. Us and the Holy Ghost. And it seems good. How many know it's good to get in the Holy Ghost? Woo! I'm going to mess with some of you today. We've been in this theme lately at Calvary that we're moving forward. And we desire to move forward, whatever that means. God has been showing us in His Word how the children of Israel crossed over into their promised land. And we've seen God give His people miracle after miracle after miracle when they moved together. Everybody say, us. That's us together. That's not me against you. That's me with you. That's not you against brother or sister so and so. That's us together. I'll tell you what, we live in a world where we need this message more than we may think we do. We need a revival of us. Not a revival of me, not a revival of you, but a revival of us. We need a revival of us coming together in unity and togetherness, in one mind and one accord, us together. God brought them Together, the children of Israel, we just preached about it last week, how they crossed over into the promised land. We've been preaching about it for a couple months now, and God just keeps revealing things. And we've seen that God would give miracles to His people. And when they moved together across the Jordan River, I, I said it a minute ago, that when the priests touched their feet into the water, that flooded river, instantly God gave them a miracle. And when the high priest obeyed and walked into the river, God did what only God could do. The priests did what they could do, and that released God to do what only He could do. Now, I'm not here to take any glory or any power from Almighty God. How many know only God can do miracles? I can't, I can't heal a fly of a headache, I heard one preacher say. We can't do anything without God. God can do everything. But how many know God chooses to work with His people? And many times there is a call to the people of God that if you will do this, I will do this, God says. Second Chronicles says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, then I will heal their lands. God says, if you will do what I tell you to do, then you'll release me to do what you can't do. Woo! 
And so God tells them to cross over, but do it a certain way. Send the priest out through the Jordan River first. As soon as their heel touched the water, the river stopped up and and held up high above them. And God made the waters to stop flowing. The Bible says that they begin to cross over. The priests went into the middle of the river and everybody had to cross over. And watch this. The Bible says that when the people crossed over together, together, and I'm even going to break that down. Would you read it with me? And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over. Well, I could hang out right there. When we get together... We get cleaner. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about a purifying spirit of unity that comes on us. When you cross over together, there's something about dying out to self. And we get to loving on one another and praying for one another and believing in one another. There's something that's purifying into the church. And when the people crossed clean over... Now, I'm embellishing what that means. It really means completely over. But I just like that word choice, clean over. We'd get through some things if we got busy joining up with people instead of alienating and isolating and and keeping people at a distance. You might get through what you're going through if you linked up with the right people. This business of being a lone ranger and going through what you're going through and, well, it's my lot in life to be by myself, that's not scriptural. It's not the will of God for you to be by yourself. You're supposed to link up and join up and be together with God's people. Don't believe the lie that I'm supposed to be isolated. And by the way, yes, the church is separate from the spirit of the world. But the Bible says that we are supposed to be in the world, just not of the world. This idea that we're not supposed to be around the people of the world, how else are we going to witness to them? How else are we going to shine the light of Jesus Christ to them if we're so busy isolating ourselves? You go to either East Coast or West Coast and put a, put a fishing rod in and catch any, any fish you want. Drag it up out of salty water, fillet that fish, cook it up, put it on a, on a plate, and what's the first thing you do after you put that fish on a plate, after it came out of salty water? What do you do? You grab the salt. And you put it on the fish. Why? Because the fish isn't salty. It's in the water, but it's not of the water. That's how we are. We're supposed to be in the world. The Bible calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. We got to get together, not only with the world in terms of connecting with them so we can witness to them, but we got to get busy connecting with each other in the church and as believers. This idea of being out at Walmart or, or Kroger or wherever you shop, and we see another believer and we turn and walk the other way, what has gotten into us? You ought to be the friendliest bunch. I dare you, I double dog dare you, chase them down and go smile at them. You'll blow them away. They'll say, wait, I thought you were Pentecostal. I didn't think we could be friendly. I dare you, chase them down and just say, I bless you in Jesus' name. You say, you're crazy, preacher. Maybe I am. It's time for us to get together. It's time for us to link up and join together and stop building walls against each other and let's include people. There's got to be a fresh revival of togetherness. Joshua 4 and 1, And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, watch this, that the Lord spake unto Joshua. You get together and there will be a fresh word from God. I need to hear from the Lord. Maybe you're not hearing from the Lord the way you need to because you're not linked up the way you need to. You're not clean passed over with the people the way you need to be clean passed over. You're not joined up and hooked up and linked up with the right people. Maybe you get a fresh word from God if you'd link up with the body of Christ. It's not the will of God that we build walls and... and, And separate each other because God likes unity. He desires unity in the church. 
I said he likes unity in the church. He doesn't like disunity. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't really prefer it either. I don't enjoy disunity in the church. I like it even when we disagree that we can get along with one another. Huh. Yeah, I said that. And it's an election year. So I'm going to meddle for a second again. And say we got to stop separating one another. We're still in the body of Christ. The Bible does not call us to all see it the same way and be of like-minded in everything. There are some things that are just subject to our own understanding and we're going to do it that way as long as it doesn't go against Scripture. So here's what this preacher has been saying. I'm going to say it again. You need to go vote or you don't get to complain. And if you vote, you need to vote the Bible. Amen. And I'll say that every time. We need to vote the Bible because we got to be pleasing to the Lord. You can't take snapshots of your life and say, well, God understands in this one case. Listen, if it goes against His Word, He doesn't understand. He wants us to live and be in this life. And yes, voting is part of the process. And having a government is part of the process. Didn't Jesus even look at the Pharisees and say, whose inscription is on that coin? And they said, well, Caesar. He said, well, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's then. God's not against government. So do your part and be a part of it as much as you can and follow Scripture. Be a part of it. God likes unity, though. And He desires unity to be in the church. Unity with Him and unity with each other. Now, there are some things you may not agree and see eye to eye with every brother. Church, I'm going to call you to dig a little bit deeper. If you disagree with somebody, could you maybe not serve that on the platter first? (laughs) Don't let that be the first course of the meal every time. Well, I love you, but here's what I disagree with you about. We're not going to get along if all we talk about is everything we disagree with. How am I doing so far, church? We've got to have unity. Doesn't mean we're going to agree with everything. But I hope we agree with God, and I hope we agree with His Word. And on that much, we should be able to agree with each other. And by the way, agree or disagree, the Bible calls us to love one another. Here's how they're going to know that we're His disciples. Not by how much this preacher shouts in the microphone. Not how much you run around the church. You know how they're going to know we're we're His disciples? That you love one another. Say, but I don't agree with them. I don't think that's what He asked you. He said, love them. Love them. That means you can't say everything you're thinking. Contrary to popular belief these days, you can't say everything you're thinking. Love them. I'll just go ahead and spill the beans. You might get away with more disagreements if you'd spend as much time loving on people and agreeing with people. They'd probably listen to your disagreement more if you spent as much time loving on people. Well... Thought I'd get a better amen than that. Listen, God loves unity. I'm going somewhere with this message. And you won't go as far on your own as you think you will. Well, I'm right. Okay, good luck with that. You won't get very far on your own. God says He puts you in the church. He puts you in the body. There's many members that make up one body. You're in the body with many members. And so you'll go further if you'll link up with a body. Aren't you thankful that all the members aren't exactly the same? Wouldn't we look funny with 28 arms? Right? Well, we've all got to be the same. No, we don't. Aren't you thankful we have two arms, two legs, two feet, one head, a body, many different organs. We all play a different role in the body of Christ. Stop making everybody else be what you are. Am I helping you today? 
Amen. There can still be unity in the body of Christ even though there's diversity. Hallelujah. Did you know even in nature there's many that unite to do one thing? I've shown this before. I want to show it again. Geese fly in a V pattern. Not just because it looks cool. It's more effective. It's more effective. One will get out and begin to fly and they'll all get in and they'll all just stagger the pattern. Not because it looks cool, but because it's, scientists say it's at least 40% more efficient to fly together than it is to fly solo. Did you know you'll do as much work with 40% less energy if you'll get together with the body of Christ? But we're so busy doing this alone. Well, it's my cross to bear. I just got to be alone. No, you're choosing to be alone. Do you know how much more you could get done if you'd link up with the body of Christ? If you'd link up with one another and let me pray with you and let sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so link up with you and pray with you, you'll fly farther and go farther. Amen. You can try to make it on your own and do it by yourself, but God says working together is smarter. How many know? Smarter, not harder. Right? We can do more if we do it together. Anybody want more from God? Anybody want more blessing, more anointing, more outpouring from God? I got book for you today. You need to get hooked up with the body of Christ then. If you want more of God, you got to get more of each other. Well, I didn't see that coming. I just want God. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. He says, if you want more of me, you got to get together with each other and let there be unity. You can't say you love the God whom you've never seen and you hate your brother. Woo! We got to get together with one another and you got to get linked up. The more you get linked up with the body of Christ, the more you'll get of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, I believe in solo prayer. I believe in individuality in the Spirit. There's nothing like getting by yourself and getting alone with God and just letting Him wash over your spirit. And ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. It's just me in my private prayer closet and it's just me and the Holy Ghost and let Him do some things in my heart. I'm telling you, there's some things that's got to be done in private. they got to be done alone. And you need to find a prayer closet, whether it's Monday night and prayer here at the church or it's your own time, but there's something about a solo prayer where you get transparent before God and you say Lord help me out deal with this I'm dealing with this and I need to pour my heart out to you amen there's nothing like a solo prayer when you're all alone just you and God alone to cry alone to get real alone to get honest before God there's something powerful about that and there are times where it's supposed to be a private prayer. David even said, and we sang it. You, you may not have known it, but that was Psalms 34 and 1 that we sang a few minutes ago. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David says there's a time for an I and a my. There's a time where I get alone and I, it's just me and God. And we're just going to talk it out and we're going to flesh it out by ourselves David says there is a time for a solo prayer in fact anybody remember that old song shut in with God in the secret place anybody remember that old hymn where we get alone and talk to the Lord and and let him deal with our hearts in a private place but I'm here to tell you there's also a public time for prayer there's a public display of worship too. And I wonder if anybody knows that there's a special empowerment that comes when we bring our prayer and our praise together as a corporate prayer. Maybe that's why David didn't stop with verse 1 in Psalms 34. He went down to verse 3 and he says, 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Not alone. Let us exalt his name together. Yes, there was a time to do it, I and me. But there's also a time to get together with us and link up and do what only we can do together. There are some strongholds that won't come down unless I'm praising with you. Unless I'm praying with you. I'm not minimizing solo private prayer. We need that prayer. We need that closet time. We need that alone time. In fact, you'll be more effective out there if you did have a private alone time with God. But I got a book for you today. There's also corporate prayer. There's also a time where we link up and we hook up and we stay together and we stay connected because there's things that happen that only happen when we're together. When your prayer is joined with my prayers and your praise is joined with someone else's praise, there's something powerful that happens in the atmosphere. There's a reason some people never quite break free from an enemy pushing them around because they've not valued staying committed to the body of Christ. I'll make it on my own. I don't need to come to church. I don't really need all that. Listen, can I just take a minute and boost the value of the house of the Lord that you're sitting in? I'm not talking about 3545 Lovelessville. I'm talking about the body of Christ. When you come together into the house of the Lord, you're the church, not the building. And when you come together, there's something powerful that happens when we come together. Psalms 92 and 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Oh, I want to be planted in the house of the Lord. I want to be planted next to you. There, I said it. I may not agree with everything you think. You may not agree with everything I say. That's okay. But I want to be planted with you. Because there's some things that only happen when we're planted together and connected together. There's some walls. There's some giants that won't come down unless we're planted together in the house of the Lord. Psalm 73, I want to read you a few verses here. There's a blessing that happens in the house of the Lord. David said, but as for me, my feet, they were almost gone, verse 2. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish, verse 3. And when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, verse 8, they were corrupt. Verse 9, they set their mouth against the heavens. Verse 12, behold, these are the ungodly. Verse 16, and it was too painful for me. David is describing everything he sees out there and how disconcerting it is. But then we get to verse 17. Until I went to the house of the Lord. Woo! Something happens when you come into the house of God and you get together with the saints of God and you get linked up with one another and you realize that everything that bad is going on isn't going on inside the house of the Lord because we're linked up in unity with God and with each other. Until I went to the sanctuary. It wasn't until David got into the house of the Lord that things began to make sense to him. How I many know it's when you get in the house of God that clarity comes? You get clarity in the house of the Lord. You get vision in the house of the Lord. Well, I can watch so-and-so on TV. Listen, I'm not here to disparage anybody on television or online. Listen, all those cool cats that were so against, you know, TV ministers... Guess what? 2020 hit, and we all became TV ministers. We all went online, and we all were doing videos, and and with nobody in the room. It's so easy to cast stones of what you don't understand and what you don't value. Listen, I'm not here to disparage anybody. I'm just here to preach the word and say, you know what? You can get a blessing listening to a tape or a CD or the radio going down the road. But I'm sorry, you listening to any cool cat online or on your radio doesn't replace you being in the house of God with your feet planted here in the word of God. Nothing will replace that. 
And I'm not diminishing any preacher out there or any, any presence online or any cool cat on TV. If there's value there and they're in the Word, that's great. You can be blessed by it, I'm sure. But church, you need to get to your home church. You need to put your feet under the pew at your home church because other people need you and you need them. Woo! David said, I nearly slipped until I came into the sanctuary. David just calls it out. I nearly backslid this week, but I got together with my friends at church. I nearly slipped this week, but I got together with my family. We prayed a little bit around the altar. and We felt the Holy Ghost. There's something about getting in the house of God where the Holy Ghost is. It's when we come together in this place of worship, together with unity, our church family, we gain perspective and strength from one another. Listen, I need you and you need me, like it or not. We need each other. I said we need each other. And the Bible doesn't qualify that and say you have to agree on everything. Amen. Every disciple and every apostle didn't see eye to eye on every single topic. And yet they were effective at turning the world upside down. They were effective at the doctrine of Christ. Stop letting our opinions separate the doctrine. Let's figure out what Jesus said. Let's figure out what the apostles understood. And let's talk about that. And by the way, speaking of linking up and having unity, be careful what you link up to. Everything that's available to link up to is not what we should link up to. You need to figure out what the Spirit is behind that thing and you better know whether you should be linked up to it or not. Amen. Be careful what mindset. And I'll even go one step further. And I'm not disparaging anybody because, listen, there's a shallow end in our pool here at this church. Huh? Let me break that down for you. You don't have to walk in the door and be able to swim laps at the deep end. You can come in and just dabble your feet a little bit. Oh, you're one of those preachers. You bet I am. Because I got little grandbabies. And I wouldn't throw them in the deep end and say, well, you should know how to swim already. You know what I'll do as a good grandpa? You know what you'd do as a good parent or a good grandparent? You'd take them in the shallow end and you'd say, yeah, this is what water feels like. We're going to have so much fun one day and it's going to get deeper, but right now we're going to splash right here. That's what a good parent and a good grandparent would do. And that's what a good pastor does. They have a shallow end in your pool at the church so that new people can come in and they don't have to jump into the deep end. Everybody doing okay? You don't know what you believe then if you're not going to preach the deep end. Listen, even the Bible talks about the milk of the Word and the meat of the Word. Sometimes we got to have common sense on when we're preaching what. Hallelujah! And maybe we ought to be secure enough to understand that this moment is a milk moment, not a meat moment. And if you need this pastor to preach meat every service to prove that I know doctrine, then I, I may not be your preacher then. I'm going to fall short because not every service is a meat service. Some services are shallow in, splashing milk services because we want the Spirit of God to touch hearts that don't understand the deep end yet. They can't digest meat yet, but they can sure understand the milk of the Word and they're hungry for it. And you give them enough time and they'll get in the deep end. That is not insecurity in the pulpit or in doctrine. I think that's a spirit of wisdom. I hope you agree. Be careful what you, what you connect with because not everybody that comes to church is all at the deep end. So be careful how quick we just connect with anything that's out there and available. Amen. Everything that's out there under the guise of church or anything, it's not always what it seems to be. If you have a prayer life, you'll know whether you need to be a part of that or not. 
I trust the Holy Ghost so much that if you get the real Holy Ghost, it's going to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Stop waiting on pastor or the ministers of the church or the Sunday school teachers to line out the ABCs and this is what you can and can't do. Listen, I don't want to be the holiness police. Don't make me do that. He's big enough and he already wrote his word. Why don't you put your nose in the word and get out of Facebook a little bit, get into the word and let his word challenge you and convict you and make you realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing some of this stuff. Not because pastor said it, but because the Holy Ghost spoke to you through the word of God. Hallelujah. That's not insecurity in the doctrine. I believe that's security in the wisdom of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Our text said, if you remember a while back, we read our text. It seemed good to us. Notice that it seemed good to us. Powerful things happen when we come together. I love that phrase. It seemed good to us, they said. When we pray together, when we worship together, when we come together, it seemed good to us. There is an us that's part of this equation. And I'm going to just close this part of the sermon by saying Hebrews 10 and 25 is still part of the Bible. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Get your feet to the house of God. Plant them in the sanctuary. Lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Amen. Worship the Lord in the house of God. Amen. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. It's the Bible. How many know the Bible says it's us? It was good to us to come together. See, we're better together. When we come into one place together, no matter what we're facing in our lives, we're better together. No matter what we're going through. See, you might be up and I might be down. I might be up and you might be down. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. We don't always have to be doing the exact same thing in the same place because there are different trials that come our way. Amen. And by the way, stop judging your spirituality based on your trials. There are good people that go through trials. And it doesn't mean there's sin in your life. Now, that's also not me saying there can never be sin in your life. That's between you and Jesus. Ask Him, God, is there anything in my life? Is there a reason why this is happening? And if He doesn't reveal it to you, then you might just be in a Job moment. You might just be in a Joseph moment where you saw a vision or a dream, but yet you ended up in a pit. Sometimes good people go through bad situations. And it doesn't mean you're lost. It doesn't mean you misplaced your faith. It just means God's building something in your life. But that's the beauty of the body of Christ. I can be in my valley and I can come to church. And if you're on the mountain, you can pray with me. And I could be on the mountain and if you're in your valley, you can come to church and we can pray with one another. That's the beauty of coming together. We don't all have to be on the mountain at the same time. But we're not just supposed to be together with us. I love that the, the text said more than that. Acts 15 and 28, would you put it back up? For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Now, I've talked at length about us. Let's get over us as being individuals and let's come together as a collective us. But now let's talk about the us and the Holy Ghost. We need a good dose of the Holy Ghost like never before our text said that they not only came in alignment with one another to become us but the text said they came into alignment with the Holy Ghost it's not enough that we come together and link up with one another if that's all we ever do that's called the lodge down the street that's called just meeting at the lodge. If you, we can do that anywhere. We can meet at Walmart if that's all we're going to do is meet up and have a social time. 
But the Bible went further and it spells it out. They didn't just meet together. They met together with the Holy Ghost. It is good to come together. And it's good to have unity between us. But the church isn't just supposed to be together. The church is supposed to be together in the Holy Ghost. If all we do is have church so we can get together, you can do that anywhere. If all we want is a great facility, we can do that and come together. But we fail miserably if we don't get the Holy Ghost to show up. So here's what I'm saying. This church has a vision and a desire to purchase land and to grow and to build. But church, hear me and hear me well. We are not purchasing land just so we can be a big church in town. That's not the mission of God. That we just grow a big church in town. We are not building a church so we can be the fat cats in town. We will not adopt a carnal mentality with the vision of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Building a church has got nothing to do with square footage or how nice it is. It's got to be a soul-saving station. And if it's not that, then we don't need to do it. I'm talking about us and the Holy Ghost. What are you saying? I'm saying if all we do is come together in us and we don't get the Holy Ghost moving, then we don't need a vision. We don't need to build. We don't need to plan. We don't need to purchase anything. But I'm here to tell you, there is a big community around us and they're looking for not just a good church for a social aspect. They're looking for a church where the Holy Ghost shows up. Yes, they are. And they're not looking for just a new building off the highway for appearance's sake. You know what they're looking for? They want to know if the Holy Ghost still falls in our services like they heard. They're wondering if, they, if, the, if God moves when those people pray. That's what they're wondering. They're not nearly... Listen, church. The big churches, if you want a big church, there's plenty of them around. We are not in competition with other churches. Uh, hear me church we're not in competition we are endeavoring to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ and if we will open the doors to whosoever will and let people however they may be come in and be introduced to the spirit of Christ then I believe God can use us in this end time for a great revival not to be the nicest church in town or the biggest church in town we are called to be a soul saving station So we will not stop preaching about the infilling of the Holy Ghost with speaking in other tongues. Every chance we get, we're going to talk about the book of Acts. Every chance we get, we're going to talk about how the power came from on high. We will not stop pushing each other to respond in our services. Why? For response sake? No. But because it creates a habitation for the presence of God to move in our services. Amen. When we worship, it brings God's presence in. Why? Because... Paducah doesn't need another fancy church. We don't need another fancy church. But I'm here to tell you, I got good news for you. That's not who we are. And that's not what we're trying to be, a new fancy church. You know what? We got to settle on our identity. We are Pentecostals and we are apostolics and our roots come from the book of Acts and we talk in tongues and we believe in healing when we lay hands on people and we believe in deliverance and we believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost and we believe in shouting and praising God and we're not moving on that. We believe in worshiping God. We believe in praising Him. 
And we're not moving on that. We believe in deliverance in these altars. We believe in tears flowing down faces. We believe in young people being delivered from addictions. Woo! Yeah, we still believe in that. We still believe in healing. Sister Carrie, we still believe in healing. We still believe in the name of Jesus. We still believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. We still believe in the stripes upon His back. And we're not moving on that. That is what they're looking for. Not just another program. Church, if we're trying to compete with the big churches, they've got the programs. They've got the bigness and the niceness and whatever. And I'm not disparaging any, nothing wrong with programs. Nothing wrong with nice churches. But I'm telling you what, that is not our goal. Hear me and hear me well. We are not trying to build another church full of programs and nice buildings and, you know, this, that, and the other. We are who we are and we're trying to get the Holy Ghost to move in our services. And if we'll do that, they're going to come in. Yes, they will. Every week we have prayer meeting here. We pray that people will feel something when they drive by. And I believe it works. How about you? Anybody witnessed it in this church? Amen. I think we have witnessed it here in this church. There's a beautiful couple that ended up sitting on our parking lot one Sunday morning because they were invited to another church in the area, but they got misplaced and and misdirected and they found their way to a wrong church one Sunday morning so they thought and they sat on our parking lot and it was packed out there at the wrong church that they were invited to but they sat out there and I'll tell you what I believe it was the Holy Ghost that was on them they sat in that parking lot and they said, we don't know what's going on and this wasn't the church we were invited to, but we're coming back next Sunday. And that's who came the next Sunday and they've been coming ever since. <laughs> Baptized in the name of Jesus. That's how church ought to be. We ought to pray on Monday nights and people show up on Sundays. Why not? Why not pray some prayers that are bigger than us? Why not pray for miracles that are bigger than us? Brother Jackson said it's time to start praying for notable miracles. Notable miracles. I've heard that phrase more this year than any other year. It's catching on. God wants to give us notable miracles. Why not step up and believe that God has families that are supposed to come here? Why not? By the way, Brother West, we're so glad you're here. You and your beautiful wife. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. And I don't know anybody else's story, but I'm here to tell you, they may have a story, but their story is no different than your story. Because we're all just sinners being saved by grace. We're all just being pulled up out of the miry clay and having our feet placed on the rock to stay. Amen. Ain't nobody made it into heaven yet. We're all striving to get there. But thank God, He's doing a work on us. Amen. And He's doing something in every one of our lives. I said it's about us and the Holy Ghost. I, I don't know about you, but I don't like the phrase, us four and no more. I don't like that phrase. And if that's our mindset here, amen. I, I'm, I'm just giving you warning. I'm going to be pushing. I'm going to be pushing. And I'm, I'm probably going to be pushing you. <laughs> if you believe it's us four and no more, then I don't believe you have a vision not only for the gospel here, but you don't have a vision of heaven yet. 
Because the Bible says that every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to be represented up in heaven. How in the world is that going to happen if we don't get busy having every tribe, every tongue, and every nation represented in our churches here? The spirit of us for and no more doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you're here today or if you're watching online... I want you to know we've been praying for you. If you're watching this video later and it's not even Sunday anymore and you're watching this and you're wondering what's, so, what's going on at that church, what's so uh, big about that church, I'm telling you, ain't nothing big about us, but it's the Holy Ghost that wants to do something. And I pray in Jesus' name, whether you're watching online or you're here today, I'm asking Jesus to do a sovereign work in our lives that we would get a revival of us together with the Holy Ghost. Us together with the Holy Ghost. So what are you saying? That means you got to come in here and be a part of what we're doing. Church, you got to be in here and be faithful to be a part of what God's doing. And then when we're here, we got to get the Holy Ghost moving so we can be a part of what He wants to do. Would you clap your hands under the Lord if you believe that? Us and the Holy Ghost. Us and the Holy Ghost. I want to give you one final example. There are trees out on the west coast in the redwood forests. They're enormous. Maybe some of you all have visited them. I have not had the fortunate, uh, uh, the good fortune to go out and see it with my own eyes, but I've seen pictures. That is a true picture of how big those redwoods get. They are enormous. They're so big, some of them, they've dug out tunnels. You can drive through the tree in a full-size vehicle. That's how big those trees are. Isn't that impressive? How big they are. How, uh, how great and massive. How, how God can cause something so beautiful to grow individually. And yet, when I begin to read about the story of those sequoia trees in the redwood forest, I begin to see how massive they are. They grow up to 380, 400 feet in the air. That's amazing, incredible. Their trunks can be 20 feet in diameter. These giants can live hundreds of years, even thousands of years. That is how resilient these trees are. They are amazing. With a treetop that high and a trunk that, that massive, you can imagine how deep their root system must go, right? To support a tree 400 feet in the air, that massive, that wide, that amazing, the roots must be massively deep. Not true. Not true. And this is the amazing thing. They have a root system that only goes down about six feet. 400 feet in the air, and yet the root system only goes down about five to six feet. Their roots grow outward instead of downward. They weave and intertwine with one another. The trees have learned that if they'll connect with one another, there is strength in numbers. Huh. And those trees will connect with one another and when the winds blow and the storms come, there is a connectedness with one another that had they been alone, the storms would take them out. But because they're linked up and hooked up with one another, the storms can't take them out. If you're going to take one tree out, you've got to take them all out. But the trees say, uh-uh, we got this. We got this. Sister Kim, we got this. We got this. Uh-huh. If you're going through something in this service today, if you're going through something in life, we got this. I can't tell you how important it is that you get yourself to the house of God and you link up with the rest of the body of Christ because storms will come and winds will blow and trials will come. But when you get to the body of Christ, you link up uh, and there's a holding power that holds on to you. There's something that happens when we link up with one another. 
I'm thankful for the power of us, but not just us, us and the Holy Ghost. Stand to your feet today, would you? Us and the Holy Ghost. You see, there's those that are trying to make it not only without God, but they're trying to make it without a good church. They're trying to make it in life without coming to the house of God. They're trying to make it without linking up with a good family, with a good Bible-believing church. And worse yet, they're coming and they're trying to link up, but without the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you today that if you're here without the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is for you. You don't have to make it through life without the power of Jesus Christ in your life. The Holy Ghost is real. The Holy Ghost is for you. Acts 2, 38 tells us that the Holy Ghost is for us. But then 39 goes on to say, and it's for you and your children. And to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Holy Ghost is for all of us. You don't need to make it in life and try to make it without a good church family or without the Holy Ghost. Our scripture text said it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. So that's the prayer we want to pray today. I want us to pray, God, deepen our roots with one another. God, if there's been any division, God, we set it aside. We're not going to let any division come in amongst us and separate us. But Lord, if there's been any division from us to you, God, we need the Holy Ghost to flow. We need a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. We need an outpouring of your Spirit into our lives like never before. And so God, it seems good today that we're in the house with one another. But Lord, we're here to say it seems good to be with the Holy Ghost too. And if you feel that way, I would ask you to make this whole auditorium a, an altar call. Would you do that? And let's make it good to us to be with one another. Let's make it good for one another that you can reach out to the Lord because I'm going to make it easy for you too. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to seek with you. I'm here to partner with you. We're here to connect with the Holy Ghost. Church, if that's who we want to be for the future, not just a big church, not just a new property, but we want to be a church that is connected with the Holy Ghost and with each other. If that is your prayer, we're opening these altars today.